Well, hello everyone. Uh, today is Wednesday, April 8th, 2020. It's about 9.30 where I'm at. And uh, I have something that I'd really like to talk to you about tonight. You know, right now we are in the midst of the coronavirus chaos. And, uh, and I can just say that, that I know a lot of people that are being personally affected by this. Most of the people I work with are based in New Jersey and a number of them have contracted the virus. And, you know, and, I, and I'll admit, you know, I, I look at some of the conspiracy theories sometime and, you know, there's a lot of that coming out of the Christian world right now that it's new world order kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe it's just people trying to make this up. But I know a lot of people that, that have contracted the virus. It's a terrible situation. Uh, very, very tough. And, you know, in addition to the medical situation going on, uh, there's a huge economic impact that's that's happening right right before our eyes. I mean, and most of us have have felt this a little bit personally. I mean, if you have an IRA or a 401k or a stock uh, investment portfolio, whatever it is, you've probably personally felt the impact of this this economic situation. But the truth is, once the the medical situation passes, we're going to see the, the economic fallout from this situation last for quite some time. And it's really a terrible situation. And, and I'll just tell you that, that I know friends that, that don't have a lot of money who, you know, they've had to close their business or small business owners, uh, friends that, that do have a lot of money that in their typical day-to-day -day job, they do great, but their jobs are totally shut down right now. They can't go out and earn. They can't go out and produce. And, and even the people I work for. Now, now as a lawyer, I represent people that buy and sell apartment complexes. And typically, the deals we do are workforce housing. I mean, we do a lot of deals in Atlanta, for example. These are the, a lot of people working at, at the stadium, at the, uh, you know, where the Hawks play, the airport, things like that. By and large, we, we deal in workforce housing. And when you see these articles about the potential rent strikes, rent shortages, I mean, these are the things that the people I work with are looking at very closely. So my point is across the whole socioeconomic spectrum, this, this coronavirus is having a major economic impact. And, and I'm sure you know that. And, and that's really what I want to talk about tonight is I want to make sure you know that, that if, if you don't have anybody else that tells you this in your life, I want you to hear from me that if you're a Christian, God wants you to have plenty of money. I want to be crystal clear about that. It's absolute biblical truth. I want to walk through some scriptures with you tonight because look, I just want to say there are so many opinions out there right now about the coronavirus, about whether whether it's God's will, whether it's God's judgment, whether it's God trying to do certain things in people's life. Look, I want to put all of that aside and I want to focus on this simple biblical truth that was the same 2,000 years ago when the when the New Testament was written as it is uh, as it was a month ago before the coronavirus thing went crazy. The biblical truth about God's will for your financial life was the same a thousand years ago as it was a month ago as it is today. And and I will tell you that my personal opinion and, and I mean I, I read this stuff I know what I'm talking about is that the New Testament presents a fairly clear picture of what God wants for our financial lives. And so we're going to look at a few of these verses. But but let me just say, I know not everyone believes this. I know not every church teaches this. I, I get that. I'm okay with that. But, but it doesn't change what the Bible says. 
And, and I want to be here to encourage you and, and, and just help you. And obviously, if you're going through a tough time and you want to talk more at length, feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'd love to share some verses with you. I'd love to pray with you and help you in any way I can. But but let's just start by, let's just, let's just put something on the table. When we think about God's desire for our financial life, there, there are only really a few options. Okay, let's say the first one is God doesn't care. Right? He just doesn't care at all whether you have money or you don't. Now, let's be honest. That would be a ridiculous position in the light of the fact that the Bible has some 2,000 verses about money. Now, now I've never counted them, but that's basically what people think, that there's some 2,000 verses about money, all sorts of verses, all sorts of stories, all sorts of teachings from Jesus and, and prophets, and, you know, it's just all over the place. We cannot reasonably conclude that God doesn't care about our financial lives at all. I mean, that'd be ridiculous. So now the second potential is that God wants everyone to be broke. All right, now, now, okay, I guess that's possible if that's what the Bible said. Or another option might be that, you know, God wants some people broke and some people to have a lot of money. Well, I mean, that would be a little crazy because the Bible is clear that God is no respecter of persons. But again, we have to let the Bible teach us what God's will is. We can't just assume that we know, to assume that, you know, poverty is a virtue or that God wants everybody broke, you know, to teach them a lesson or, or whatever. I mean, right now, people are suffering. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their businesses. I'm talking about good Christian people that love God, that tithe, that have a vibrant relationship with God. I mean, don't tell me for one instant that that's uh, God's will. No, that's the thief. That's the destroyer. That's the devil. But look, Let's put all the opinions aside for a minute and let's go straight to the word and let me read you some verses. Because as I said, I, I believe the New Testament actually paints a pretty clear picture of what God wants for us. So the first verse I'm going to read, very simple, is 3 John. There's only one chapter. It's 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. All right, so people will say, you know, when it's talking about prosperity, God wants your soul to prosper. Yes, yes, absolutely he does. And the way we prosper in our souls, you know, we get saved and then we have our mind renewed or renovated is really a better word. We have our mind renovated to the ways of God so we can begin doing business in a godly manner so that we can begin, you know, sowing and reaping and tithing and seeing God's uh, financial blessings in our life. So, so he does want us to prosper in our soul, but he wants us to prosper financially. And if you will do a word study on that word prosper, you'll see one of the other times it's used, only used three times. It's very clearly, crystal clear, talking about money. So now let's look at another verse. This is, this is 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 through 18. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trusted in certain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Okay, so here it's a little specific that, that, that we're talking about people that have a lot of money in this world. But what does it say? It says, okay, don't trust in wealth. And anybody who's ever been around money or had money, I mean, that's easy to do. You look at your savings, you look at your cash reserves, you look at your bank account, and you start trusting in that money. 
Right. And that's very clear. God does absolutely not want you to do that. Right? We, our trust should always be in God, who is our provider, who is our source. But he says, it says that God gives us richly all things to enjoy. God wants us to enjoy the good things of this life. He'll give them to us because he loves us. But notice here also, because this is getting to my point about the New Testament's real position on what God wants for our finances. It says that these rich people, that they should do good, rich in good works, ready to distribute. So what God wants for people that have money is he wants them to be willing to share, willing to uh, be generous, to help our fellow man. And, you know, as we've kind of been talking about briefly, boy, that's important right now. There are a lot of people that could really use our help right now. And I hope, you know, as you go through your daily life that you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that God wants you to help every single person you come in contact with. I mean, you really probably couldn't do that. But as you're going through life, especially if you have the means to be generous or to help, please allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. The Holy Spirit might lead you to do, do an extra big tip on that to-go order or, or share some extra money with your buddy who's been laid off or whatever it may be. Just be sensitive to the leading of the Lord because God wants us to have enough money to share and be generous with others. Now look at this. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 through 11. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. God wants you to have all sufficiency in everything so that you can abound to every good work. And it goes on. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, so you're the sower, you're going to sow money out there, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. And here's the key, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. God wants you to have all sufficiency in everything. He wants you to be enriched in everything. That's just like the verse we just saw. That it said, it said God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Here in 2 Corinthians, it says that you are to be enriched in everything. Why? To all bountifulness, so that you can be generous, so that you can share, so that you can help those that need it. This is what God wants for you. He wants you to have enough money so that you are content that you are satisfied, that you have all that you need, and, and more than that, so that you have that much money and enough to be generous to others. And why? Why would that be? It says, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. God wants you so blessed that you have everything you need and enough to share with other people. Why? So that God can get the glory. So when they say thank you, you can say, hey, hey, don't thank me. It was Jesus. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. I'm just talking about me right now. It's not my natural disposition to walk around handing money to people. It's not. It doesn't really come naturally to, to, to give big tips. Uh, maybe that sounds terrible. I just want to be honest with you. But but my point is, is that when the Holy Spirit's working inside you to show the love of God to people, to be generous to people, say, hey, you know, put a little extra on that. Help that person out. They could use it. Look at that guy. They could use it. Then that creates an opportunity 
for you to share Jesus, for you to say, hey, do you want to watch the service online? Let me send you the link for Easter Sunday this week or whatever it may be. My point is that God wants you to have so much that you can be generous with those in need and ultimately that will bring him glory. You being able to walk around commiserating about your financial destitution or your poverty, oh man, this is terrible. That's not what God wants. That's not gonna be, you're not gonna be able to opportunity to bless anyone or share anyone. Uh, And that's exactly what the Bible's talking about here. God wants you to share with others. But he wants you to have so much money that you can do that generously and liberally, and then it creates an opportunity to share the gospel for Jesus, gospel of Jesus Christ. Excuse me. I would say that this is the unbroken pattern of statements in the New Testament for what God wants a Christian to have. There are other examples I could share with you as well. Does God want Christians to have great wealth? Look, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say God has any problem with a Christian having wealth. Of course not. It even talks about that in that Timothy verse for what about the people that are rich? I would never say that. I believe God wants us to ride on the high places of the earth. That's what it says in Isaiah. But what we're talking about is the crystal clear direction, instruction, opinion of the Lord that comes from the Bible beyond reproach, beyond argument. That's what I want to talk about. And this is what it says. God wants you to have enough so that you can be generous. And and my friends, I I have this book, How to Succeed in Life. It's a one-hour read. It's probably, you know, $2 on Amazon or something like that. But I bring out this point that I believe God wants us to be at the prosperity line. And that's not crazy overflowing wealth. That's, That's satisfied, content, and generous. That's what I believe God has for everybody. Now, let me just read one one last verse for you here. This is actually I got two verses. This is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might be rich. And this is a very important verse. First of all, If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, you'll see this is talking about money. This is talking about financial wealth. So if someone wants to take this verse and say he's not talking about money, it's talking about, you know, spiritual things, that's just not true. The whole context here is money. But but so someone might say, well, Byron, how can you say God wants you to have any money? Jesus was poor. And I would say, yes, he was poor. The Bible says right here that he was poor. It's, I think there's one translation that says he became so very poor. Yes, no, I believe Jesus was poor. But it says right here that he became poor for us so that we through his poverty might be rich. You see, because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, which we'll be celebrating this weekend, we have full and free access to all the favors of God, all the blessings of God. They're freely available to us because of what Jesus did. Jesus took stripes so we could be healed. He became poor so that we could be rich. And again, I want to just stress, God wants you to have enough money so that you have all that you need and so you can be generous with others so that it will bring glory to him. I mean, that's the unbroken statement of the New Testament. And here's why it's so important. 
I know there are a lot of you, and again, I mean, people I know, people close to me that are going through a hard time right now, that their business is being shut down, or like my stepfather, I hate to bring him up personally, but he's been furloughed to August. You know, a lot of people going through tough times, and some of you might be saying, is this what God has for me? Is this what God wants for me? Does God want me to be poor? Does God want me to lose my house? Does he want me to lose my business? Does he want me to be broke? No, 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 no. Absolutely not. God loves you. God has good things for you. God wants the best for your life. And so if, if that is the situation that you find yourself in and, and you're going through a tough time or your business is closed or whatever, first of all, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to share more verses with you. I'd love to pray with you. Happy to do that. But, but really, what I would recommend is I would recommend you spend some time and you pull out all the verses, right? There's a verse, it's Psalms 119, I believe. I can't think of the specific verse, but it says, God's promises have been thoroughly tested and they've been proven true, something like that. I mean, the point is you should go to the word of God and build up your faith in the financial promises of God. And you know, when the Bible talks about God supplying your need, it's not talking about, you know, bread, water, rags, and a shack. No, the need that God will supply is all that you will ever need to fulfill God's plan for your life. The fact is that's already been laid up for you. It's already been worked out for you. It's already there. We need to get in the word and we need to, you know, study those promises. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. As you study the word of God, your faith's going to rise up. And, you, and you know, as you're in there, as you're reading the written word, maybe the Lord gives you a, a specific direction by the Holy Spirit. Maybe something else happened. Maybe God reminds you of something you need to do or gives you direction one way or another. Look, I got a video a few weeks ago about all the different ways God communicates to people. Man, I encourage you to watch that several times so you have those down pat. You're hearing from God on a regular basis because that's exactly what he wants for you. But again, if you're going through a financial tough time right now, spend time in the word of God going through the financial promises of God. If you've never done that before, just, just Google it. The money promises of God, financial promises of God, whatever it is, you'll get, you know, probably a hundred different verses will come up. Read those, study those, pray over them, pray over them. God, I see that your word says, for example, in, uh, in Proverbs, it says the blessing of the Lord makes rich. You know, God, I see that your word says these things, but I'm not seeing it in my life. Please show me what to do. And as you spend time studying the word of God, listen to God. It is not his will that, that people would be losing their businesses, that would be going broke, that all these financial disasters would be coming on people. That It's the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? God wants you to have all you need and so much so that you have an abundance and you can bless others. You can help others and be generous for others. That's what God wants for every single person. I say God wants every Christian. Absolutely. God wants every single person to become a Christian. And that's this, those financial promises that are available to us through our relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says all of God's promises are yes and amen to those of us in Christ. Guys, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope that you, even in this very difficult time, spend some time, read your kids the Easter story. Read it again for yourself. Spend some time studying it. It's so wonderful. It's so fascinating. 
And there's so much there. You know, my book's on Amazon about Jesus is your Lord and Savior. It's two bucks. Maybe I'll get a dime. Who knows? It's not about the money, but it's a great way to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with your young children and see them get saved. I thank God that I got saved in third grade. Too bad I wasn't a better Christian for most of my young life. But I'm just telling you, I encourage you to get your kids familiar with the Easter story. Teach them about Jesus. Watch church online this weekend. And remember, God wants you to have plenty of money, and God wants you to be a blessing to other people. And that is the biblical truth. God bless you. I love you. Have a great, great weekend.